Welcome back to another edition of the SQ Sports NBA podcast, and we are finally here. The 2020 NBA Finals, it's been 11 months since the 2019-2020 NBA season kicked off, and after a hiatus that we didn't know if we were coming back, uh, we finally made it. Uh, I'm Shane, of course, alongside me as always is Q. Uh, Q, how, how are we feeling? I mean, we're we're getting up to the to the whole 365 day mark of the start of this season. So how, how are we feeling finally getting to these finals? I'm uh, relieved. It's been a long ass season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's a great, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So, yeah. So obviously um, we're going to go over the Western conference finals and the Eastern conference finals, and then give you a preview of the NBA finals, as well as, some breaking news across the NBA. So uh, get ready to lock and load for this pod. We might be on here a little longer than usual. Um, But I guess we can start with uh, the most recent game that happened. Uh, The Miami Heat last night on Sunday night closed out the Boston Celtics in game six of the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, We have audio recording of Q calling the Heat not only beating the Bucks, but then putting a future bet on the Heat to win the Eastern Conference, so you probably relieved that hit too. Oh, I'm uh, so ha- I'm so happy. Yeah, and uh, so just just for people listening, what made you think the Heat had what it took to get to the finals, and did anything change, or did you think it, is the way they won the way you envisioned it happening? Um, well, I thought Jimmy would have played better. I agree. Uh, for them to, yeah. to for them to win the to win the conference. Then it'd be the Bucks. I mean, he played pretty well versus the Bucks, um, And he played well versus Boston. He wasn't bad, especially in game one uh, when he kind of took over at the end. But, like, if you look at his numbers for the series, like, you know, he had not, he averaged 19-6-5, and five, which is pretty good. It's for, a little bit below his average. Uh, he only shot 16% from three, 43% from the field, um, and only had seven free throws a game. He was at, like, closer to 10 during the season. But – just the, the way Miami plays is just so impressive to me um, with Hero really showing off how he can actually be like a legitimate facilitator because, you know, a lot of people just kind of at Kentucky, they kind of use him really as just like a shooter uh, off the ball. And then this season, he saw a little bit of it, but you, you can tell that he's really progressed over the long season, um, the 11th month season. Like he's really taken a step since August which has been really cool to see. Like, the way he took over game four was just unbelievable um, when he had 37 points. Um, and it, it makes, like, Boston did well um, with, like, their makeshift centers throughout the year with Canner and Williams and obviously Tice. But, like, Bam just ate them alive the series. He was – he was especially last night, he was unbelievable. He averaged 22-11-5 in the series. Uh, obviously had that – that's got to – his block in game one has got to be, like, what? top five block given the circumstances yeah. that yes. was unbelievable yeah. that I mean that was that was absurd um and his playmaking his passing he only had 15 turnovers in the series in six games and he had 31 assists so he was he was he was just doing everything I think like there's an argument to be made that he's the best player in the heat uh obviously Jimmy Butler yeah. was like the closer and the the ball handler but Bam is like he is just unbelievable to watch uh, really especially on defense too with his switching and everything. And he really, you know, Boston, like they love their pick and roll, their high pick and roll with Kemba or Tatum um, or even a little bit of Gordon Hayward. And he was just thwarting it because he can defend literally everyone. Um, 
Yeah, so I they won how I thought they would. Um, I am kind of surprised Olenek kind of just like stopped playing after the first yeah, couple I, games. Yeah. He only played uh, in four games during the series and only 40 total minutes. Like I thought they could have uh, – they were running a lot of those lineups with Iggy and Crowder in the front court, which I didn't really like um, just because I don't think at this point you can like rely on Iggy to, to bang down low uh, as like a makeshift five. Like I just don't really think he's capable of it for stretches. Yeah. But, I mean, other than that, they just – they played – they played Miami Heat basketball. They ran the high dribble handoffs with Robinson and Hero. Even, like, Robinson didn't really shoot well. Or actually, okay, he shot 41% in the series. It didn't feel like he was shooting well. It felt like Boston was doing, like, a better job. They were doing job. it well. They were doing yeah, it. They, they were, like, making it hard for him. But them spending so much energy trying to make it hard for him, just open lanes up for Bam and Hero and Drogic exactly. and Jimmy. Uh, and, like, and it was just – it was such a, like, a cool thing to watch. Like, the, it's such a team effort. They had – how many players? They had six guys score over 10 a game in the series. Um, and that was with them. They didn't even shoot well for most of the series. Yeah, like there they, was, yeah. They really – they only shot 32% from three in the series. Um, like, Jimmy – I don't think Jimmy hit – Jimmy might have hit, like, one after game one. It was just – you know, it was just a team effort on both ends of the floor. It was really cool. Really, yeah, really cool. And, yeah, it, it was really cool to watch because especially in this past half decade – we haven't seen like a team like the Heat make it advance this far in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's always a star-driven team, and like you said, you said Bam could like arguably be the best player on the Heat, and I would not disagree with that. And I think if someone said Jimmy was, I would not disagree with that either. And then Tyler Hero had thirty-seven one night, so I think it's really cool how the Heat every other like it's a different player each night, mm-hmm. and that's something we haven't seen in the NBA in a while. And Shout out! I'm uh, as as a Suns fan. I'm really happy for happy for my guy uh, Gore and the Dragon Dragic. Um, so good, man. Yeah, he stepped up, and I mean his overall numbers twenty five and four. Like, I mean that's pretty solid. But it just it wasn't even what he put up in the stat sheet. It's whenever they needed something, I feel like he was there. Not even to like make a shot, but to facilitate Hero getting open or. Just anything. Uh, Drogic was 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 really key. Um, yeah. And at, at 34 years of age, people are talking about LeBron being up there in age. Uh, Drogic is 34, and he looks besides the grays in his hair, he looks as spry as ever. Um, he's so yeah, fast, still. Yeah. Like, off the, his first step off the dribble, it's like no one can stop him. Even yeah. Marcus Smart was getting blown by. He was getting he was blown by Marcus Smart. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, and he's 34. Speaking of Marcus Smart. Um, especially in game six. I mean, he took 13 threes. I know I saw you shot a tweet off. Uh, like that's James Harden basketball. And granted Marcus Smart did save them at times uh, throughout these playoffs, but I, it, the Celtics aren't winning. They're losing more games than they're going to win. If Marcus Smart is shooting from deep 13 times. He shot 47 threes this series and Jalen Brown shot 34. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, it, granted, I could see Smart's probably left open a little more, but I don't really think that matters. It, it, you can argue that uh, for other ways for other players too. So I, he gets trigger happy, and I think the best thing for the Celtics, and this might sound totally off base, but tell me if you agree. I think the best thing for the Celtics is if Smart takes two threes in the first quarter and he misses them both, 
And then he doesn't really shoot the rest of the game and just locks in on D and, like, has all these intangible plays. Exactly. Like, he doesn't it, – it's, like – I don't. It, it's, it's, I would be so frustrating because he's so yeah. like he's a really great player. Yeah, and like you have to watch him to really get it, kind of. Um, but like it's just I, I don't get where he gets this confidence. Like he's never been that good of a shooter. Yeah, I like, mean he used to like I remember a year ago we were talking about him being like a liability from. from yeah, he was like atrocious considering how much he was taking. He was like yeah. one of the worst shooters in the league considering how much he was shooting and like now he's gotten better. Um, and it's not like his shot like looks bad or anything, but man, it's just like, you know, he only shot five fewer threes in Tatum and both Tatum and Kemba. Like that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't so. compute to me unless, you know, Kemba should probably be taking more threes. Like he, he kind of relies on his mid range a little too much in my opinion, even though it usually goes in. Um, but like to me, this series, I thought Hayward actually like Hayward's been getting a lot of shit which I get. Um, he didn't have a good statistical series, but I thought he looked okay uh, in, you know, considering he was hurt and like, they just kind of needed a guy who can make, make some plays, especially that first game that he came back when they won in game three, yeah. like he played really well. Um, but to me, like Jalen was really underused in this series. Jalen really impressed me. I'm not like a huge Jalen guy. Uh, I like him, but he averaged 23.2 points a game and seven rebounds. And he shot 50% from three in the series. Like he was, balling out and it kind of felt like they were only relying on him as like a catch and shoot guy and the occasional like attack off a closeout when I feel like he can do a little bit more than that like I feel like he's ready to do more yeah I think I think he is ready and honestly I I agree with you that he should have been utilized in a better way because like you said the only time he was really getting to the rim is when that ball gets swung to the corner and then he just gets closed out on really hard and can pump fake and go by. I think he – I don't know if he has the ceiling that Tatum has, but he needs to start getting the ball in isolation and at least seeing – I want to see what he can do. You know, he's not, I don't think he's just a catch-and-shoot kind of guy anymore. At least if the Celtics are going to build around smart, like Kemba, Tatum, and, and uh, um, Kemba, smart – Tatum and Jalen Brown, I think Jalen's the, the the second, at least the second or third fiddle there. So, I I want to see him do more. I completely agree because all he does is like stand in the corner, and r- run in transition. That's kind of all really he brought to the series. And if you're averaging 23 points a game just in the corner, and running in transition, I think your ceiling's a little bit higher than that. Yeah, he he was. I mean, they're lucky they locked him up. Uh, for less than the max, because I think he definitely would have gotten it if he would have waited till the summer. Uh, do you think they should? So the Kem, like the Kemba, kind of narrative, I guess. Uh, he had a pretty rough couple rounds. He was really good versus Philly, and uh, ever since he's been kind of shaky. Like Toronto really gave him some problems, and in this series, like he just he, he it seems like he's just too small now. Like he's never been like an amazing finisher in the paint he just so like he's only six feet tall but it just seemed like he could just not get it going since the uh in the 13 games since the first round so they swept philly uh and then 13 games since he's averaged 18 points a game on 42 percent from the field and 31 percent from three and he's only getting five and a half assists so it's not like he's playmaking a ton do you think they even like need kemba 
I think that if if the Celtics could take away his contract, they would. I agree. Um, Which I feel I like think, people aren't really talking about. Like some people yeah, are talking about it, but not. No, I yeah, no, I agree with you that a lot of people aren't talking about it. I mean, it doesn't help that he's like he's right around thirty-five million a year for I think it's three more years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that definitely does not help it. Granted, I mean they're a better team with Kemba than without, but yeah. I think you could be a better team spending that thirty-five million in a different way. Obviously, hindsight is twenty-twenty, and coming into the season, I mean Kemba's away. It, it, I think I think that what what skewed maybe the narrative is how bad Kyrie went out with the Celtics, mm-hmm. and then it was Kemba's such a better fit than Kyrie. Like he's gonna be awesome with these guys, and yeah, I don't. I kind of agree with you. What he's like, is he is he six foot on a good day? I don't even know if I. He's. I mean, he's listed as six foot in shoes. He's probably like five ten, if we're being honest, which yeah. makes what he does impre- like super impressive. Exactly, but I don't know if that is a guy that should be signing a $140 million contract and a guy that you want to rely on, which is another reason why Jalen Brown is now, if the the Celtics are, I mean, they're clearly pretty much all in on on Tatum Brown, uh, like this core. Brown needs to be way more aggressive than he is. Because if Brown is aggressive drawing a second defender, Kemba has an open three instead of him pulling up from 18 feet. That's su- such a better option than what they currently had going when Kemba at 5'10 at the end of the shot clock is trying to work something out. So I think, I mean, I think it, it, it's kind of a catch-22 because it can go each way. But I think if, if you ask the Celtics, um, I think Ainge may want that, that however much, like over $100 million they owe him back right now. But – um, like I said, hindsight's twenty twenty in, in this. Yeah, it's like with, with Brad Steven, Brad Brad's system. Um, like they all, they've always really relied on their guard play, like from it to Kyrie to Kemba. They've they really really need those kind of guards that can shoot off the dribble, which Kemba's probably one of the five best to do in the league. Like he's really a crazy shooter uh, considering where he was, but. It's like kind of historically proven that in the playoffs, these undersized scoring guards like really struggle because there's just there's so much physicality in the playoffs. There's so much yeah. length. There's so much the defense ramps up. Yeah, yeah like the the help defense up. is a lot better on those drives, and the refs aren't calling you know ticky tack stuff. And there's like really not much precedent for a guard like really taking over the way the Celtics kind of needed Kemba to. Like Kyrie kind of did it. I wouldn't say Kyrie's that undersized like Kyrie's a couple inches taller than Kemba uh and I'd say a little bit like built a little stockier and he even he struggled last year like I mean, he was amazing when he was next to LeBron but last year he really struggled and you know since like Isaiah Thomas really there hasn't really been like I said the first Isaiah Thomas there hasn't been a point guard that's like led his team to a title that's like a six foot scoring point guard you know yeah. uh so it's, I mean, it's tough. It's tough with – I don't know where, like, where else they would have spent that money last year. Like maybe – I don't think like paying whatever Vucevic got would have helped because obviously they have a, a hole at center. Like Tice is good, uh, but he should – Tice is like an ideal backup. I don't think a contender wants him starting and playing like 30 minutes a game just because he can't do enough on offense. But I don't know where, where that money would have gone. Yeah. But if they could like get like a, 
like a well well oh, let me pose this what if i mean like you said like uh, since the old it uh it, i mean it really doesn't work in the playoffs with undersized guards what if i mean it, it, the same conversation we were just going off of with brown I mean, if the offense transforms to where Kemba's not shooting the ball 18 times a game, he's more of a facilitator, and he's the one taking these open kick-out threes. Um, do you see any way that can work where you have Tatum? If Tatum, if Brown can up his game to not a Tatum current level, but something to where he is a force to attack, create his own shot, create he can create the mid-range – and do all that. I think that would be the ideal sit, like scenario. I yeah, I agree. Like just like a a a point like a table setting point guard, kind of like a Rubio. Like like someone that can just stay out of the way mostly and make good passes and shoot if Rubio could shoot. Um and then if they could get like if they are to Kemba makes like 33 million whatever this year. If they put like 17 million into like a pretty good point guard that's not like an all-star just like a solid point guard and then on the bench because their bench was atrocious in the playoffs like yeah, their bench was yeah. really bad canner couldn't play wanamaker was pretty G. good Will. shout out g will he played great. grant william grant both of the williams were good actually in the little yeah. in the the little that they played they were good but they couldn't stay on the court for a lot of it um but they were both pretty impressive i'll give them credit but like if they had like a jordan clarkson type instead of paying kemba 32 million or 33 million if they were having a guy that could still get his own shot the way Jordan Clarkson can and get to his mid-range and create off the dribble, but just they're not paying like a quarter of their yeah. salary cap for him, yeah. I feel like they'd be better off. But I also – I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Like, he, he, like you said, they're better with him than without him, obviously. Yeah. Um, and the thing is now, I mean, it's, it's year one. Like, he's not going anywhere. So they – at this point, you're going to have to – make use with what you got yeah and i and i feel like right now it it, it sounds like we're really anti-kembo which i i wouldn't even say i'm, I'm yeah, i don't think I, I wouldn't say that either i i would just say i and and granted if anyone's going to figure it out it's going to be brad stevens but just mm-hmm. maybe use him in a different way i don't know if 19 shots and 12 of them are coming from like 16 feet is the best option for your offense yeah, it's not it's not ideal. It's not ideal. But so um so with Hayward, Hayward's gonna opt in uh to his the last year of his deal. It's like thirty four million dollars. Um he had a really great season, in my opinion. He was hurt like he has been a lot uh, in the last couple of years. But when he did play this year in the regular season, he was really good, really efficient, good playmaker and a good shooter. Uh do you think they sh- they should move him? Like on the last year of his deal, it just hasn't really worked out. And it out, it seems like he's the main way they have because he's expiring. Like he has a big contract that's expiring, so it's like not you know it's not going to cripple anything. It's like cap. what value are you going to get though? Well, they have three firsts this year. I mean, and one of them's fourteen. So, so they can they can move it around. I think. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. I mean, Hayward definitely is not the best fit. He's kind of like. He can sometimes clog up the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, it doesn't help that he just gets grilled on social media. Like, that does not help because then the narrative just seems like he's this awful player. When in reality, 
it 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 obviously d- didn't work out with Boston, um, but I don't know. Like, so you're saying give Hayward and a couple picks up to try to get like a better player in return, like um, who was somebody who's in the rumors today, like Miles Turner. If they can get Miles Turner for Hayward and two firsts, would you do it? I I mean, it, I don't know what Miles Turner's contract he's like. he's making like 20 million expi- a year he, so he, it would be like um well jeremy he, lamb's he, like out does he have a couple a couple of years left at least yeah yeah he's got like three more years i think okay I think then he, yeah i would definitely consider that uh i definitely if, if i'm a team getting hayward though i hayward i think those first round picks are more valuable than hayward which i mean sucks to say because when he was a free agent in 2017 he was a hot commodity, but mm-hmm. right now, like if Hayward's your second best player, I mean, you're going to, you're losing in the first round if you get that far. So yeah. I, yeah, yeah I, I think, yeah, I think the stock on him is just really dropped, but if I'm the Celtics and which, which is crazy to say, because in general, I think Gordon Hayward is probably a better player than Miles Turner I uh, with the, with the money. And with the years left on Turner's deal and Hayward's expiring, you have to you have to give him those picks. But, I think the Celtics would be okay with that. I don't think they're gonna. I mean, they're not gonna bring in three rookie, three first round rookies next year. No, I would be yeah. very surprised. Um, I mean, the, yeah, the ones uh, Romeo Langford didn't do anything. For yeah, like he's so basically like, gonna be a rookie for them next year. Yeah, and and Grant Williams did the bare minimum. Did I like I said? Did step up in the Heat series a little bit and. Mm-hmm. Uh, against Toronto, but I mean, those uh, it, it goes to show you, like, depending on the draft, depending who you draft, you can have a pick at whatever they took Langford at, like 16, and Grant Will at like 23. I'm not sure exactly the numbers there, but at some point, these first round picks don't mean that much if you're in contention right now, yeah. And they've got, and though, I mean, I assume they'll they're gonna want to play Robert Williams more, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it's tough, it's tough for them, they're in a they're obviously in a good spot. They're probably in one of the better spots, but yeah. it's like an interesting, they have some interesting decisions to make. Cause like, I wouldn't, some of the draft picks haven't hit, but I feel like they, you can't look at a move that the Celtics have made in the last like eight years. And been like, yeah, that was a huge mistake other than I guess Hayward, but you couldn't have seen him snapping his leg. Yeah. But like, exactly. other than that, they've done pretty well with like even the smaller moves, but it, it's like, they've lost, you know, this is their third time losing in the conference finals in four years. Like, that's got to be kind of frustrating if I'm Danny Ainge. Like, they haven't, Definitely frustrating. They haven't been in the finals since 2010. Yeah. And they haven't won a final since 1986, which is, you know, 34 years now. Like, it's the Celtics. Um, no, they and, – no. And they don't have the asset. No, 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 they, they don't have they the won. picture. They won. They, oh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They won. Yeah, they've won one since 1986. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, my, 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 my mistake. Uh. And they but don't no, have I, the I they don't have the the super huge pick chest anymore. Like they had two years ago, they had an absurd amount of picks, and you yeah. know, like they probably thought the Memphis pick and the Sacramento pick were going to be a little bit higher than four. They were both fourteen, uh, and then the Clippers last year, their pick was probably looking to be a little higher, and that was like you know around nineteen or twenty. Like yeah. they kind of they did make one like kind of all in trade. For Kyrie, but they like you know looking back, they didn't really give up much because it was done and Crowder's just like you know a good role player, and that pick wasn't like super high, but 
now they just they they have their own first round picks, which is good and crazy considering how good they are. But um, yeah, they're not going to trade Tatum or Brown. I don't think. I mean, not Tatum, obviously, but if if some superstar or near superstar became available, I think Brown would be like the most interesting trade piece in the league. You know, like yeah, if, if yeah, think, but the thing is, like, yeah. say Beal requests a trade tomorrow. I don't know if I would give up Brown for Beal if I'm Boston. I don't think I would. Well, and that's that's I yeah, it, it would definitely be something you listen to, but. Yeah. Brown, I mean, it's like the way Tatum took that next step. I feel like Brown has that somewhere down inside of him. And we haven't seen it yet, but we've seen glimpses. And, I, yeah, I mean, at, at that point, I don't know, especially with the contract that, that he's on, if I would make that move. I mean, yeah, I think the Celtics are going to ride it out the next couple seasons with – Smart Hayward or Smart Brown and Tatum as their guys, and then it's kind of like, what's gonna go? I think if anyone's getting moved, it it would be Kemba before, before Brown. Um, yeah, yeah, but I'm saying if you're like a a team trading a star, you'd want Brown. You'd want Brown back, yeah. And so I, I, yeah, I don't, I think, I think for the next two postseasons, it's gonna be, uh, the core four of Kemba, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart. And then it's mm-hmm. like, what, what do we have around them? And, I mean, they've been close, you know? So it's not like it's not like we're talking about a team that has gotten bounced in the first round or anything like that. Like, they have been close. Um, I mean, they, t- they took LeBron to a game seven. Like, Jason Tatum took LeBron to a game seven. Granted, like, a completely different scenario. But they've been close. I, if I'm Boston – I would look into the possibility of pairing uh, some picks up with Gordon Hayward to get a center or someone that can fit your mold better. But other than that, I would stick with the four guys you have. I don't think there's any reason to 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 move on from them. Right yeah, I now. think I think they most likely just run it back, honestly, which yeah, is I which mean, is probably smart. Yeah, um, there's it, there's a there, at a point you can you can get to a point where you're overthinking it and you're trying mm-hmm. to do too much. Like yeah. the Celtics are, were according to like how the playoffs go, they were a top four team in the league. It's like, you can only get one step. You can get two steps further than that. You can make the finals and you can win the finals, but you are as close as you can get. You're, you're closer than 25 other teams. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, if I were the Celtics, I would just run it back. Um, I think Brad Stevens will be able to figure it out, and I don't think Kemba should be – like you said, he is a knockdown mid-range shooter, but if he's going 5 of 19, that that doesn't help anyone. So, And it was Kemba's first year playing in Boston with these guys. I th- Like, I think people overlook that too. Like, people just think just because you're a good player, you can come in and you're going to mold with your teammates. And he, he – I mean, he molded pretty well, like, albeit. But give him, give him another year. Give him a third year. And, and I think they're going to be right back in the same position as uh, the top dogs, like one of the top dogs in the East. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I'm um, with you on that. You have anything else about the Eastern Conference Finals? 
Um, How about Kendrick, Kendrick Nunn being kind of unplayable? Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I was kind of – You have always been kind of against Nunn. I wasn't against him. I was just no. like, he's good. He's, he's impressive for being an undrafted player. Um, and they, <clears throat> it's crazy that they found him. Him and Robinson both in the same year. Uh, pretty, pretty crazy. But to me, it's like they didn't really need him. They just didn't need that kind of player. Yeah. Um, like they had, especially with Hero stepping up the way he did. Like they just didn't really need a guy who had like a guard who isn't really defending that well and um, isn't like a knockdown shooter. They just didn't. There was really no place for him. I honestly think he might get moved. Um, I mean, he is 25 years old after his rookie season. Like, yeah. And like, yeah, I don't know with none. It was like, he, I think I'm pretty sure he had COVID and, um, and then he left the bubble for like some kind of unknown reason. And he seemed like he was just never really in his groove. So it didn't really surprise me, but, um, I was kind of surprised Derek Jones didn't play much. He only played 31 minutes in this series. Uh, I thought in the minutes that he did play versus Milwaukee, he played okay. Um, we'll see if he plays. I'm excited when we do like the him them matching up the Lakers because I think there's some really interesting cross matching that's going to go on here uh, on both ends of the court. But other than that, um, you know Crowder Crowder only shot 25 percent from three this series. Like he was he was breaking after the first couple games pretty hard. Drogic didn't shoot that well. Like it's it's crazy. It, it like oh, did you feel like the Celtics were the better team at the end or no? Obviously, the Heat played better, but when you were watching them play all these games, like because they were all pretty close games, did you? Think, I think I feel like a I, lot of people think the Celtics were better, and I don't think it's that crazy. But I would still say the Heat are better. I think the Heat are the better team, but the Celtics let three games get away from them. Like it would be they were they were up like five, eight points going into the last six minutes of the game. And then it'd be like, bang, Tyler Hero, bang, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, bang, bam, out of bio, and one. And then you'd look, and two minutes later, they'd be down two. Um, so I think the Heat were overall the better team, but the Celtics were a couple closeouts away from this series being flipped on its head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it just seemed like – they relied way too much on threes, on like on pull up threes, when they were up. Like last night, they went up ninety six to ninety, and I kind of was like, "Man, this might." I think this is going seven right now. Like they they yeah. were looking really yeah, in control. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when they had a couple steals and like it was, and then like Jason like, come, Tatum comes down and he takes like a step back side step three, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's like it's like not the shot that you need right now." With sixteen seconds left on yeah. the shot clock, it's yeah, like, you know? what are you doing? Yeah, like, so I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Tatum, Tatum, this series statistically had a great series. He averaged twenty, like twenty six a game. Um, yeah, and his passing was better. He averaged six point three assists in the series. Like that was really impressive, and 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 just under ten rebounds. Like he was, he was putting up numbers. Um, his efficiency was not great. He had a, I thought last night he didn't play very well. Um, his passing was good, but he he just, it, it was like he was forcing it too much, and. It just never seemed like he was comfortable. And I thought his defense wasn't that great either. Um, but his decision, like, he has a lot to learn as a decision maker at the end of games, in my opinion. He's still 22. Yeah. Like, he's, you know, a tr- he's an easy, like, future superstar, max player. 
probably an MVP candidate at some point. Like he's unbelievable uh, for his age, but he still has a long way to go in terms of like, okay, this is the shot. Yeah, I agree. Like this I is agree. when I need to get to the basket. This is when yeah. I can, okay, I can work in the mid range a little bit. And when we're down, then, okay, then I'll start taking step back threes if I have to, to try to get us back. I don't think it seemed like he had it backwards. Yeah, um, it yeah. was, it was weird, but I was, I was still pretty impressed with Tatum. No, I, don't know, no, I just t- think, I just think, I think they lost the series more than the Heat won it, but I, I don't want to take I away agree. from what the Heat did. Like no, it was I like fifty-one forty-nine. Yeah. No. I no. I mean that that's a very fair statement because I mean I I'd like to look at the numbers a little bit more, but and for uh, it, it, when the Celtics won, uh, the Celtics. It, I mean, it was it was it was double-digit games. When the Heat won, I mean. They were all within two possessions besides game six, which the Celtics were up double. Like, they're, the Celtics, like you said, the Celtics were up a good amount with like six, seven minutes up. Yeah. So it wasn't when the, in Boston's win, they're pretty convincing. And in the Heat's win, it seemed like Boston almost let it, let it get away from them. If Jason Tatum's 25 three years from now, I don't know if it'll be the same story. Um, and I mean, Miami can thank Tyler Hero. Like, even if he wasn't having a good game, he was hitting some clutch threes to keep them in it and and keep them up on top uh, at the end of games, which is remarkable considering he's only 20 years old. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Boston. You look at that team; they they have no absolutely, unless you want to count Tatum when he's like playing. Uh, when he's like 20 years old in these conference finals, they have no pedigree of the playoffs. The Heat don't have that much either, but when you have a guy like Goran Dragic who's 34 years old, a guy like Jay Crowder who's a veteran, a guy like Jimmy Butler who's a veteran, um, I think that matters. I think that matters. And Iggy was yeah, pulling through Iggy, in the last couple of games. Iggy was playing a good amount. Um, I, If I'm a Heat fan, I don't really want to see him shooting – the ball from deep. I'm not Max Kellerman. I don't trust him to to hit the hit the late game dagger. But uh, yeah, he provides intangibles and leadership that when Jay Crowder and Iggy got moved to the Heat in in January or early February, whenever that was, uh, probably a little bit overlooked. But looking at it now, it that that was that's a big move. That's that's a big move right there. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to the Lakers and Nuggets series. Uh, the Lakers took it in five. Um, I'll just – quick shout-out to the Nuggets, though. Jamal Murray and Jokic, uh, they're going to be they're, – they're here to stay, which uh, good for them. I mean, they should have been – they should have been out in the first round. Agreed. Uh, we've talked <laughs> about this on the pod. They, they – it, it should and we never had to talk about the Clippers blowing it. Yeah, we didn't. And I was so – I mean, I was really confident that the Clippers were going to beat the Nuggets in five games. And then when it got to game six, I was really confident. Even in game seven, I was really confident. And the Nuggets just kept coming back, coming back, coming back. Uh, but LeBron and AD just proved to be too much. Um, if you look at minutes played in the playoffs – Jamal and Jokic were one and two, and they were so much higher than anyone on the Lakers. So you can start to see a little fatigue uh, 
in their legs at the end. Um, but yeah, shout out to Nuggets. But I mean, it, it was just uh, they were a little bit too too overpowered against uh, LeBron and AD. Yeah. Um, with Jokic in the series, I, he was great, especially in game two uh, down the stretch. Before, right before AD hit that shot, Jokic had been like dominating like that entire yeah, end dude. of that game. Jokic is just – I don't get it. I don't get how he's so good. I mean, I get it, but it's like he just gets it done now. And it's like kind of scary how consistent he's been uh, in his first two postseasons. Like it's just – uh, terrifying, and I think he's earned the best offensive center in the league, like status. If he if he didn't have it already, I mean, he probably already did. But the way he scores at the end of the game, it's kind of like Dirk a little bit, which is I I I didn't really I never really seen him as like a Dirk type player, but like the the post fadeaways he's hitting and like the the baby hooks and the now he's taking threes i mean he shot 43 percent from three in the playoffs on five attempts a game like he's he's a good volume three-point shooter now and it's like there's nothing you can do against him especially when he's playing with a guy like murray who's you know became like michael jordan for six weeks like it's it's just i was really impressed with them and i've been low on the nuggets and i have made fun of murray in the past but like Man, he was Some of the shots that Murray was hitting in game five were ridiculous. Yeah, like, it was. I mean, he he shot 50% from the field in the postseason, uh, and he's shooting a lot of jumpers. Like, he's – Yeah. I don't and, – and he's like – and he was passing the ball, man. Like, he was, he was actually finally showing off that – like, he always had the kind of like the, the natural ability to pass, but it didn't seem like he was really executing it. But he was – he was playing like basically like Dame Lillard. Like he looked like Lillard out there. Yeah. And I didn't think he had this kind I did, of I did not feeling. think he had it in him. Yeah. I did not. I, Dude, he had 40 in game seven against the Clippers. Like it was and like it was nothing. Like he's just it's it's, yeah, it, it, it's it, scary, it, man. Yeah, it, it tallies up. And I mean now the I mean, with MPJ, like, if he can learn to even defend the worst player on the court, which he can't do. Like, he, yeah. he can't even defend, like, the fifth option on the court. But if he could, then he can play late game. Because all, like, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm currently being out here in Denver. I'm surrounded by a lot of Nuggets fans. And they're always bitching and moaning about Murray not being on the court, Torrey Craig on the court at the end of games. You have to play Tory Craig, or you're just going to get scored on every single possession. Like Tory Craig has to be in the game over MPJ because Michael Porter Jr. is gonna you're going to give up at least two points every possession because he literally will just get taken to the rim, or you have to hope for a you have to hope for help defense and then a wide open three that's missed. At least Tory Craig is he's going to lock up. Granted, he's not going to knock down. He's going to knock down like 25 percent of his shots, but. Like, you have to have him in. So, if MPJ can learn to at least be an average defender, that's all, that's all everyone is asking, to be an average defender, that, that's going to be a scary big three because, I mean, we, we saw it. He hit a couple, a couple shots over LeBron. He doesn't even need, even need to step back. He's got that KD length where mm-hmm. he can literally just hold the ball in front of you and rise up over you. 
And it's literally unguardable when you're that good of a shooter and you're that tall and you're that long. So, um, yeah, the, and especially, I mean, the Nuggets have their guys. I mean, they gave their money to their guys. So now it's Millsap's contract is up. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see if they sacrifice the bag to keep Jeremy Grant around. They really um, should. I think they should too. But, God, I would if, – if, I mean, if Grant's looking for 30 mil a year. 30 mil – no, a year? Come on. What do you think? What do you think? I think he gets like 15 million max. Are you serious? I, no. I, I think he's going to get like four for – dude, before – I think he's going to get like – I'm looking at Grant, a thing right now. I'm I looking think at Grant's, a thing right I now. Uh, the Denver Post said Grant – Oh, no. no. Uh, I, I, I disagree hard. That's what Brogdon got. I don't think he's better than Brogdon. I don't think he is either, but I think that, that – I mean, yeah. What, what, is the, what did the Denver Post uh, The Denver Post said uh, he's expected to opt out of his $9.3 million player option, become unrestricted free agent. Uh, he could command anywhere from 14 to $16 million, which I think is like right in his range. Like, I'd feel comfortable paying him that. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be, like, low 20s. Nah, I mean, I'd, unless, I'd unless become, the Knicks I'd, go crazy. I'd feel comfortable paying him. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be 100% in on paying him 15 mil a year. But yeah, I, he's just, I, hey, I was, I've been saying it, man. He's really I good. Funny, I got a funny feeling that he's going to go for, like, a 4 for 80, 4 for 85 type thing. And I, Dude, I, I, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think I, he had a good enough season. Like I don't, he was really good versus the Lakers, but I don't think, I don't think he had enough of a season to do. I that. don't, I don't think so either. I know. I just got this funny feeling that I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I mean, you, you could be, you probably right on that, but I don't know. I wouldn't. I would not be. I, I. He's, would not but I'll just on the like a contract aside. Um, he's. He's so impressive the way he's developed, especially since I was watching him, you know, his first couple of years a lot. And he was so raw, like just so unbelievably raw. He couldn't shoot, couldn't dribble the ball, didn't really know what he was doing on defense. And, you know, now he's like, he was easily the third best player, in my opinion, in the series uh, versus the Lakers, at least. And he's a legitimate three-point threat and he's a great defensive player and he's a good rim protector which they really need next to Jokic because Jokic's defense was not it was it was looking okay versus the Clippers in my opinion like it wasn't bad uh but he was he he couldn't defend AD to save his life or Howard really like he was just getting picked apart and well, what do you really think helped. about uh I thought it was an it, it was an interesting storyline uh like one of the better storylines of the series the Howard Jokic matchup especially on the opposite end of the floor that you're talking about um because Jokic has that European way of, of he'll give you a little bump and that he's, he's, he's slick enough to, to where the refs won't see it. And then you react and you get the foul call. And it seems mm-hmm. like Howard had five, six fouls every game and was getting really <laughs> frustrated. And I think that's just Jokic in a nutshell. But yeah. that, that, that was interesting to watch. Well, for Howard frustrated him for a little bit, uh, especially in game one when they blew out the Nuggets. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, Howard – I thought Howard – the Howard store has been good. Like, it's been really interesting. I didn't think he had, you know, contributing minutes left uh, in him at this point. With Jokic, like – are you talking about offensively or – you want me to talk offensively or defensively? I'm talking about when uh, – I mean, it seemed just every time they'd be tangled up 
under the basket. Yeah. And most of the fouls would go against Howard because Jokic knows how to use his body better. Um, but yeah, on, and then, I mean, he would, I think they'd frustrate each other to n- no end. And but that's a win for the Lakers, though. That, that, it's definitely a win for the Lakers. I think Jokic, I mean, Jokic obviously got the better of him, like any way you look at it. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought it, it, it was just a, a really interesting matchup because all Howard is on the floor to do, especially when uh, the Lakers started Howard for the first time over McGee. I think it was game five in the closeout because um, McGee started the first four and then Howard started. Uh, it was just like such an interesting storyline because everyone's talking about like Murray and Jokic against AD and LeBron. And there was just this weird thing on the side where Howard and Jokic would always be tied up. And so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a win for the Lakers if Dwight's name mm-hmm. is being mentioned. In that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I want to pull up because I mentioned it before the Clippers series. Uh, and I thought this was, and it was when I was going mad at Malone. Uh, during game seven of the jazz series. So Harrison Craig played, uh, tw- they played 20 minutes together versus the Lakers and they had a negative 70 net rating, <laughs> offensive rating of 94 defensive rating of 165. And that's just, that's where Denver needs to like get better is at their wing depth now. And they didn't have Barton, which hurt. Uh, they could have used him as a guy that could create and kind of like what MPJ was doing, but Barton can hang on defense the way MPJ just can't. But Harris is still just so bad on offense. Like I was hoping that he could come out of it. And if he did, then I mean, maybe they win the series if he was just regular Gary Harris from a couple years ago, but they, he just didn't. Um, and do you think they look to move on from him this year? Cause he is like probably their best defensive player in my opinion. But, you know, Gary Harris. Well, I mean, I think it's I think it's a tough call because of the injury situation. Um, like, he hasn't been – three years ago, it was like Gary Harris is, is – I mean, he was like kind of their guy like three years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he was – I mean, this was before Murray came on the scene, before Jokic came on the scene. Like Gary Harris, he averaged like 18 a game or something like that and was excellent on the wing. Uh, I, I mean, he's got two years left on his contract making $20 million. I would – I'd stick with him. I mean, I think if you – I think Gary Harris can be much more of an asset if he plays a full season and then comes into the playoffs. Like he Probably. wasn't playing at the begin. He wasn't playing at the beginning of the bubble. Yeah, he, uh, no, he didn't play till game six. Yeah, he didn't against the Jazz. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, at that point, it's kind of hard to get in your offense rhythm. I mean, granted, completely different players, but we were talking about Kendrick Nunn earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's the same. It's the same thing, especially in a weird situation like the bubble. I think it's way too hard to to judge him off of that. And the thing is, with Gary Harris, if he can be, if he can go back to his form as a competent offensive player, that I mean, that's like kind of it's perfect for the Nuggets. It's literally exactly what they need: a guy in the wing who can guard whatever guard Jamal Murray doesn't have to, 
Like, he can guard the better guard. And if he can knock down threes, also create a little bit off the dribble, take it to the rim when need be, I think that's perfect with the Nuggets need. I wouldn't give up on him. Um, talk to me two years from now when his contract's up and he's in UFA. Uh, and then, then we'll see if I'd pay him again. But right now, I don't, I don't think you move on from Gary. Uh, unless someone's coming in with a slamming offer, which I don't think they are, uh, I would definitely keep Gary. Man, I just want to see, like, it's like Covington on this team or something. Just somebody, just a, a, an elite wing defender that can also play on offense. Yeah, but the thing is, Gary can play. Gary can be that. Can, Gary can, yeah, he has it in him to do hurt. it. He's yeah, he has hurt. it in him. It's like, at least it's been there before, so. Yeah, the, 20, the 2017-18 season, he averaged 17 and a half, shot 40% from three. Like, that's more than enough. If he averages 15 and shoots 38% from three, I think that's enough. Yeah. To keep him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, granted, so obviously the past two seasons, this season he was more healthy uh, than he's been. I mean, he, he, he played in 56 regular season games, but still, you're still missing like over 15 games only playing in 56, but in 57 in a full season the year before. So, I mean, let's see. I think 2020, 2021 is a big year for him. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a huge year for him. And because after that year, it'll be on an expiring. And then obviously everyone gets all jumpy to move people when, when they're on expiring deals. Um, so I'm still yeah. a Gary Harris believer, though. I, th- I, th- I, I like Gary Harris. I like him. Uh, I still yeah. think they should get that Craig the hell off the team or at least the hell out of the any important minutes. Yeah, the rotation. But that's just I mean, like, um, that's yeah. just, you know. It hurt that Will Barton wasn't. Wasn't there. Yeah, man. Like, he didn't play in the whole bubble. Like he yeah, probably yeah. went there, and that's got to be frustrating. He probably, I think he went, but then he just never got healthy. So yeah, and, that's got to suck. And, yeah, and people like Will Barton is such a underrated name. Like people don't <laughs> think about Will, like unless I, I've heard his name so goddamn much being out here in Denver with all these Nuggets fans. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're Will Barton away. We're Will Barton away. But if you're not like a, if you're not following basketball pretty heavily, even though Will Barton is like a 13, 14 point per game scorer and is really good on the defensive end of the floor, does all the things that don't show up in the box score, I feel like you don't really think about Will Barton. Like he's just kind of like this name that I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just me, but I feel like. Until I came out here, I was never like Will. Like this guy, Will Barton, is anything special. Mm-hmm. But when he's your starting three, you're missing out on a lot. Yeah. Um, right, let's talk right, about so the Lake. We haven't talked about the Lakers. We need to talk about the Lakers. They won the conference. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I think that LeBron's on a mission. That's what I think. And yeah, my God, he's so good. Yeah. Uh, I mean. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'd say he lost a step, um, but he is way streakier than he used to be. Is what I will say. You think so? Because at the, yeah, I, I, I actually really do. And LeBron is my goat. I, I love LeBron. Uh, I'm gonna be rooting pretty hard for the Lakers in this in these finals. Damn. Because yeah, because I'm, I'm, I want LeBron to rack up as many rings as he can because. I, I just hate the narrative that I hate that I hate the goat talk and people saying that 
Jordan winning, going six and L, LeBron three and six. It's like Jordan lost in the first round all those years. LeBron made the finals, so your argument doesn't really add up that much. So I want LeBron to win as many finals as he can. So I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be pretty hard rooting for the Lakers. Um, definitely, definitely biased here, but uh, in Game Five to close it out, LeBron closed out that game. Um, he made it known that the, the Nuggets were not coming back when the Nuggets had seemingly the whole playoffs, they'd be down 10 in the fourth and it wouldn't be over because Murray would hit a couple crazy threes or something like that. But LeBron scored like five buckets on six possessions uh, down the stretch. But um, the game they lost in, what was that, game three, he just absolutely – he he was not the one that led them back. It was Rondo having those three steals and transition dunks. LeBron was not that great from the field. And I feel like he's just like bricking more shots than, than usual. He is in a different role because he has these spot up shooters and AD. Uh, but I feel like he's a little bit more inconsistent than what I've, what I've seen out of him before. Well, his shooting has been has been very off uh, in this postseason for the most part. I mean, actually, he's shooting a little bit better than his last postseason. But uh, versus the Nuggets, he only shot twenty six percent or twenty eight percent from three. Clearly, and his mid range wasn't really falling until the last game. Like it was, yeah, it was. Not, yeah. Now, even in a bad series, like I'd say this was honestly like one of his worst playoff series in a minute, and he averaged twenty seven ten and nine. Like he yeah, and and, that, yeah. and he only had seventeen turnovers. Like that's pretty good for LeBron uh, in a five game series. He he tends to turn over a lot, but that's slower for him because he just makes so many passes that he's naturally going to turn the ball over. Um, like it's it doesn't make any sense what he's doing anymore. You know, like I'm not even a LeBron fan, and I and AD was the best player in the series, but like. He's thirty. He's gonna be thirty-six in three months. In three months, not less than three months now, or no, like exactly three months. Like it. At, how is he doing? I don't get it. You know, and yeah. it's like he and he and he's still getting like smarter. Like now he's controlling the game. Like when he was in Miami, he was better than he is now. Um, especially like that second year that they won the title. I think he was like the best player. I think that player is like the best player ever. The the, the year that they won twenty-seven straight. I think that's the best player that's ever played is 2013 LeBron. Like he's obviously yeah. not as good anymore as he as he was, but he's like controls the he's game. Different. Like he does, different. he didn't control the game back then the way yeah. he does now. He you know? evolved. He evolved. Like he he's now he's he's he obviously to his strengths. He, yeah. He it's just it's like he knows it's how to play to his strengths, and now now his strengths are different than what they were back. And then. like athletically he's taken like a sizable step down and he's still like top 5% athlete in the league. <laughs> yeah. It's like, man. And his, and the most impressive part about LeBron this year has been defensively because his last year is in Cleveland. And I'd say last year, uh, he was hurt last year. So I had kind of, that season's kind of a wash, but this whole season and this postseason, he's really bought in on defense. And it's yeah. been like kind of cool to see him really defend at a high level again. Cause in Cleveland, he kind of just saved it for the playoffs. Uh, and even in the playoffs, he would kind of just save it for like the end of games. But now it's like he's he's kind of like, and you can tell like the team like just follows his lead. He's obviously like one of the best leaders ever in basketball. 
and the team like follows his lead defensively. And like when he's giving effort, you feel like, you know, like KCP is going to give effort. You yeah, know? Exactly. and when KCP is yeah. given effort, he's a pretty good player on defense. Like he, he yeah. he's you know he's a little small, but he can defend really well. And when he's shooting forty four percent from three for the series, all of a sudden KCP is looking like you know one of the best, like an elite role player, which yeah. he probably isn't, but he's looking like it. Yeah. And that's the LeBron effect right there. You know, it's like he he has this insane impact that goes. He already has insane stats, and then he has an insane impact beyond the stats, which is what guys like in my opinion, like a guy like Giannis doesn't really have, or a guy even like Kawhi, especially, I mean, we really saw it, you know, in game seven. Well, because and, 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 it's and, like, keep going. I was going to say, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Like, and it's like a different type of personality. Like LeBron's getting in your shit. Like, I don't care if you're JR who's playing two minutes the whole series. If you come in and fuck one thing up, like, you're out. You're out. And LeBron's like, like, is barking at you to like play better. I think Caruso. Like, imagine if Caruso could shoot like thirty five percent from three. Yeah. Oh my god, it would like, because because Caruso. I mean, because like you said, KCP and Danny Green's the same way. It's they'll have they'll have these stretches where they, I mean they'll their balls to the wall, and it's because kind of LeBron. Put, put his foot down and he put his foot forward and, and showed, like, th- this is what we're doing now. Caruso, it doesn't matter what the score is. It doesn't matter at all. That dude is diving on the floor, down 15, up 15. It does not matter. But he just cannot make, make a shot to save his life. So if, if you could put, like, Danny Green shooting on Caruso, Caruso would put, put, he'd be playing 38 minutes a game. Yeah, he'd be like a, a borderline all-star. Honestly, I mean, I wouldn't even say on that. The Lakers, like, I mean, not Borland. I mean, he wouldn't he'd, be a Borland. I mean, he'd, I mean, he'd be, be a, a high-level starting player, which yeah, nobody pro- would have seen coming. Yeah, he'd probably be averaging like still only like twelve points a game, but because yeah, he doesn't have an off-the-dribble game, but like yeah. he'd be. But yeah, if he could just knock down an open three, like, yeah. I mean, he'd be elite because the the amount of effort that he gives, I think I, I and I mean credit to him. I completely agree with your LeBron take. When he turns it up, the whole team turns it up. But I think there are quite possibly times where LeBron sees Caruso like diving into the carom, doing different things, and he's like, "All right, let's ride, like mm-hmm. let's go." So I, I think Caruso has been a big boost for this team. Like when he comes into the game, that uh, that's a di- when Danny Green comes into the game. Like like I said, like I prefaced earlier, I've been rooting for the Lakers throughout the playoffs because I want LeBron to see his fourth ring. And when Danny Green comes into the game, I'm like, oh, like, oh, shit. Like, right. like hopefully he can – hopefully he can knock down an open three or two. When Caruso comes to the game, even though I know he's probably going to miss his threes, like, I'm excited because he has provided such energy on defense. He's guarding whoever their number one ball handler is, like whether it's Dame, uh, whether it's Jamal. Um, he's He's – on that guy. So I think he, I think he's provided a huge boost to the Lakers as well. Yeah. They, they've been really impressive. I was a, I was a doubter of the Lakers, man. I thought the Clippers were going to win the title, honestly. Uh, But, and I just didn't think that they had enough playmaking to do it other than LeBron. And that's where uh, playoff Rondo came in. Like is playoff Rondo, like now that we've seen it, it's, he's kind of like the perfect 
point guard to put in when LeBron's not in because he's one of the only people in the league, maybe one of the only people ever that could see the game at that like ridiculously high level. And, you know, he's still, he was hitting his shots, but like, he's still not a great shooter and they're never going to defend him. I mean, he shot 45% from three in the series, but you know, it's only 11 attempts, but still like he's, he can see the game the way LeBron does so that when LeBron comes out, they don't, yeah, obviously they're going to be worse, but they don't really miss a beat in terms of like having someone that can really see the facilitating. Like yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I mean, I, with the Lakers is what it comes down to. And we can kind of transition this into uh, a finals preview. Well, uh, what it comes down to is if, if the Lakers can knock down, if, if their role players can knock down open threes, they're not going to lose to the heat. Yeah. Oh, because no like way. you said, no like, yeah, if, if, Danny Green, KCP, I mean, those are kind of the two main guys. Kuzma, you can throw in there. Uh, Caruso, I mean, it, it doesn't even really matter. He provides a lot. But if they can – if they can – what? What do you think? If the Lakers – if, if I had to put – if you had to put a number on it, if the Lakers shoot this percent percentage from three-point range, they're going to win the series. What would you put that number? Like 34%? Probably 35 35-36. That would guarantee that they, if they shot that, they'd win the series. Then they'd like 35-36. Yeah. It's because, I, because at that point, it's like, it's, there's not, what do you do? I don't, I don't know what to do. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 there, there's nothing you can do, even if the Heat, because I think the Heat are going to have to shoot. Whatever the, whatever the Lakers shoot, from three, the Heat are going to have to match that and go 3% higher because the Heat rely on the three like so much more and AD is going to get his points in the paint and LeBron's going to get his points in the paint. And like at that point, then you're like relying on Bam to average like 22 a game. And granted, Bam was really good, but Bam's like a 15-point-a-game player right now. Yeah. Well, like, do you agree this, with that? I, I, I think he's a little bit more. I'd say he's like 17, 18 a game. I think he's progress like if he's given the opportunity, I it, with that he has been in the playoffs. Like he's playing more, and he's, you know, they're not playing another center next to him, which they did most of the season. Um, I think he can get closer to twenty, but it kind of brings up an interesting debate because the Lakers' best lineup during the, the West Finals, um, it was also their most used lineup. It's forty six minutes, LeBron, Howard, Green, Davis, and KCP. So that's like with. LeBron and two, basically two centers. And they were plus 19 in 46 minutes, far and away their best lineup. I don't think they can run that versus Miami. Like, how do you, how do you play AD and Howard together versus Miami? Well, the thing is, I think uh, going back to what you said about Olenek, I think Olenek is going to play, and I think Myers Leonard is going to play too. I don't think Leonard will. I think Olenek will get a decent run. Matt Leonard, how he has it, man. He's barely played in the whole playoffs. He's barely played in the whole playoffs, but if the, uh, I mean, if the, if, the Lakers can exploit that with two big men. You're gonna you're gonna have to play Myers Leonard to match up like like shitty big against shitty big. But, but is it? Wouldn't it be an advantage in Miami to play small and get Howard like out of the game? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do, and that's why I think it might be interesting in game one, game two to see how that goes. Because I think they're gonna be feeling each other out. And you know what? What I'll also say is I think Frank Vogel is very underrated. As a he is coach. underrated, man. And this is actually kind of cool that it's uh, 
you know, Spolstra and Vogel again from you again, know, Indy yeah. and Miami yeah. back in the day. Vogel's yeah. it, Vogel is underrated, man. Like we kind of very underrated. Yeah, we kind of forgot about him when he went to Orlando, and you know that team was like not built to succeed. Looking back, like people gave him shit, but like they had no chance of going anywhere, even with you yeah. know Pop. But he's he's been a good like. His teams are always so sound defensively, and the Lakers really are. And part of that is that they have Anthony Davis, who's like a top five defensive player in the league. But it's like some of these guys, like Kuzma, I would not consider a good defender. He's an okay defender at best. KCP can get abused sometimes on defense. Even Danny Green is a good defender, but he's a little bit small. Like you'd wish he was a little bit bigger. And they're like the best defensive team in the playoffs by far and probably in the league. Like they're they're so well coached and you know yeah. offensively it's, it's sometimes it's a little bit disjointed because they just don't have like a true 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 sniper or another like shot creator I guess next to LeBron but yeah they can get out of rhythm pretty yeah pretty yeah easy. a little bit it gets a little clunky but then they just talent their way on offense yeah. and yeah Vogel's do you know it's, where, gonna be, it's gonna be such a great coaching matchup do you know where Vogel's from he's from Wildwood baby yeah I know I just I just when I just looked at. And when I just put his name in basketball reference, he's from Wildwood High School. That's pretty yeah. crazy. Our um, only but, alone. Yeah, he. Yeah, that's funny. He's he's definitely under. I mean, because I mean, looking at it, I mean, Spo probably still has has the coaching matchup advantage, but people would be like, "Yeah, Spo, he's one of the best coaches in the league." Everyone just kind of feel like, "Oh, he shits on Frank Vogel for no reason." It's like if, if the thing is, if you're the coach of LeBron, it's if you do something bad. It's if something messes up, flamed on you, and you're like, you have LeBron, you have Anthony Davis. How did you let this happen? If you, and if you win a series in five, and then in, in five and five, and what? They won every series in five. Vogel gets no credit. So that's just kind of how it goes when you're, when you're coaching LeBron. But, um, yeah, I think he's a really good coach. And do you think uh, how much – I think Kuzma is going to be absolutely stymied in this series. I don't know how good. I think he's so be. too, man. I, I don't think he's he's, he's such a weird anything. player to me. Like I, I I sometimes he really impresses me because like he's giving a lot of like he's doing a lot of like hustle plays and stuff, and he's hitting shots for the most part. And then sometimes he just looks so lost. And like, yeah, Kuzma's like twenty six. Like Kuzma's he's not you know it's the third year, but he's not like. Jason Tatum. Uh, uh, yeah, he's not like a guy they drafted. He was a freshman who barely – like Talon Horton Tucker, like that. Yeah. If, yeah. He, like, you know, it's just – I don't – like, I think – I think he's going to be totally shining right, so like, this series. I think he will too. I don't know I think I don't know who he's going to defend because I, I think he's going to be running like, guards on him. He's not quick enough to hang. With I think he's going to be – he's going to be chasing Duncan and Tyler Hero around, and he's going to play like – 24 minutes a game if that like he's gonna get so tired chasing these guys around yeah he's only been around like 22 a game well that's why i think all right so what would you do with caruso because i mean caruso's playing like 25 minutes a game and he caruso is the perfect guy to chase someone like duncan robinson around three four screens possession Mm -hmm. because he's gonna give 100 percent effort He's going to try to run through everything. But then who, who – I mean, I guess if Rondo's on the floor, he'd guard Drogic. But Caruso would also be a good guy to guard Drogic. So what would you do with Caruso on the defensive end? I would, I would put him on Robinson. 
they yeah. they need and, to. They can't let Robinson go off. Just have him chase him around. Yeah, because he's he's got the physical the physicality and like the athleticism to do it and yeah. get around screens like he's nimble enough. And I don't think he I don't think he could stay in front of I don't think anyone can stay in front of Drogic outside of like three players in the league. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah, that, like yeah, he's yeah. he's just Drogic is, is Dro- all right. So the thing is, the thing with the Lakers is, and we've said it for all three series at this point. Uh, we keep saying who's going to guard Dame, who's going to guard Harden, who's going to guard Westbrook, who's going to guard CJ, who's going to guard Murray, and those guys all had big games, and the Lakers like kind of it just didn't matter. So sure. the thing with Drogic, but the thing is, Drogic of all these guards that we're talking about, Drogic has the best front court supporting cast out of any of them. Like the Rockets didn't have a front court. Uh, and Portland obviously didn't have enough wing depth, and neither did the Nuggets. Uh, but Drogic has wing depth and front court depth, which matches up well with the Lakers. So I feel like like Drogic is – I think Drogic's definitely going to be like the X factor. Because if Drogic is still scoring like 20 a game, the way he was versus Boston, I, th- I still think the Lakers would win. I think the Lakers are going to win in yeah. six games. That's just I my eyes just say it now. I think um, Lakers in six. I agree. Yeah, Lakers in six. That seems the, the cleanest prediction. But to me, it's not like – I wouldn't be, like, that surprised if Miami won the series. Just Miami, because I would be shocked. I would be, I shocked. would be surprised, but I'm not – I wouldn't – it wouldn't be like, like Leicester City winning the Prem, you know? Yeah. It wouldn't be like yeah, that to yeah. me. But I – like – I don't think – Who on the Lakers that. can stay in front of Goran Dragic? Well, dude, I think if you're t- like, like I mean, just like you completely. I mean, I didn't you just contradict yourself right there? I know, I know, but I'm about. But my point was that the Heat have more talent around Drod. Like Drodic's like their fourth. So you think player. when someone when when they're helping off, then they're gonna be able yeah, to yeah. Them. I'm saying Drod. The Heat don't like. They don't. You know, they've re- relied on Drodic, but he's not like their main offensive initiator the way that Murray and Harden. I dude, I th- yeah, I yeah. I mean, I mean. I would take if if AD's on Bam and Ronda's Garden Drogic, and they they switch that. That's not. I don't think that's a terrible situation for the Lakers. It's true, they do have AD. That's why AD makes a, every team. Yeah, every team, every time he's on the court, it's, it's he's a matchup nightmare because he guards. He's he's like super Bam. Like I mean, he's not a better playmaker than Bam, but like in terms of oh, he gets switched on to this guy, like he's good. He's, yeah, he's I don't so... think that's bad. And then yeah, if, if yeah. Caruso's on the floor, like, all right, so put, put it this way, put it this way. I mean, if you're closing out with a lineup of Rondo, Caruso, LeBron, AD, and then take your choice of uh, KCP or Danny Green, I'm fine with any of those guys switching on pretty much any of the guards. Yeah, I don't see like like. So that's my point that Drog, that Dwight Howard is not going to be able to play. That's yeah, my, that's why. Like just that situation right there, he's not yeah. going to be able to. I do mean, it. I, I think it'll be interesting earlier in games. I don't think if they're closing out, there's no reason for Dwight to be in the game. But like in the first three quarters, I think it'll be interesting if the Lakers go uh, Dwight or Javale with AD because. The Heat won't be able to just line up Bam and like Jimmy and Iggy and Jay Crowder, like that. That won't that won't work. Like, I don't think that's gonna work that that well. Yeah. Ah. Well. Yeah. 
it's man, it's gonna be it's gonna be so interesting. Bam and AD just going against each other. It's like I think it's gonna be a super fun series. I think it is too because the Lakers have by far the best two players in the series. Like not even close. There's no no discrepancy. But I'd probably go like three through seven. Yeah, I was gonna say, what would you go three? Th- I was, I think it's either three through six or three through seven. It's Jimmy Bam Drogic. Jimmy Bam Drogic. Clear three next three. Clear. And then it depends how you feel about Hero and Duncan and, I guess, Crowder and Iggy. I wouldn't um, throw Crowder and Iggy in there. I'd say Hero I'm, and Duncan would be more. Like, yeah, they're going to play more than the – like, Iggy can't play that many minutes. He just can't. He's not physically there anymore. But then it's like, who are you going for the Lakers? Like, Kuzma, Rondo, KCP? Probably KCP. So it's like, yeah, it's like – what? It's KCP's so, been good. It's, yeah. it's, it's a top two and then a big discrepancy. But at the end of the day, it just it's gonna be. So it's like, no what do you like more? LeBron's not gonna lose. Like, yeah, I know? don't think Le- I don't think LeBron's gonna let the the Heat win, especially only, since he has some rest. The only way the Heat are gonna win this series is if they just go unconscious from deep. Man, that'd be hilarious. Imagine, but imagine if like Jimmy goes like Jimmy buckets mode instead of like oh I'm no, like point guard. It. You don't, I don't see, see it. it. No, man, what a moment that would be, though, if Jimmy did it. that versus LeBron and AD. Man, that'd be a I story. Yeah. I, think, I think if they're going to go unconscious from three, it's going to be a lot of good spell offense, and it's going to be Duncan and Tyler Hero knocking them down, and then maybe Jimmy and Goran shooting like 35%, which would still be like better than they do, better than they normally shoot. But Oh, from three, you mean? Okay. Yeah, from three, okay. from three, yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I think if they're going to go unconscious, it's going to be Hero and Duncan are going to be the ones just, like, draining these incredible, like, three-pointers off of screens, like, pretty much no one can guard type things. But other than that, I think – I don't think I don't think LeBron's going to let him win. I could see Crowder getting played off the court. Uh, really? Because, like, Crowder's I think good. He provides, I think he, provi- he provides enough physicality on defense that I, agree. I, I don't think – I think he, I mean because if he if I mean who's guarding LeBron? That's a question. Who's guarding LeBron? I think, Crowder is it going to be Crowder? Probably. I think they're going to put Crowder on because they put Crowder on Giannis for a lot of the series. Yeah, um, then, as the yeah, primary. Then guy. he's he's because he, there's who I mean Jimmy what Jimmy obviously too. But you can't Jimmy would just get worn to shred. Like yeah, he, Jimmy's yeah. a great defender and he he just gets so worn down going against. Well, but that's LeBron. the thing. Can you you think you can sacrifice that or no? I think that might I think, be. I think that, actually, that be actually, I'll take it back. I don't think he's going to get played off the court. I could see one of Hero or Robinson having a tough time staying on the court when when LeBron and AD are on the court. Because, Why? Though? Why? Because be I don't think defensively, I don't think they can hang. Like Robinson had a couple moments versus Boston where on on Danny Green and KCP, you don't think they can hang. It's just running around. Yeah. It's just fitness. I feel. But like the is- thing is, who the best player ever at getting who he once switched on to him is LeBron. Yeah, like he's a he's a god at like. That's true. He's gonna call this guy over, and then he's gonna see what's what the defense is doing, and he's gonna That's like true. say no. Yeah, and he's a dude. He's gonna yeah. hunt drive, and like this is what happened. Dude, with I can just I can just picture. That's what I'm saying. Duncan <laughs> Robinson saying. and LeBron. On That's the what top I'm saying. And Robinson, you know, compared to most like players of his type, he at least has height. He's like six eight, but you know, it's LeBron. You know, it's like, and that was the problem with Tatum, is that I tweeted it. Uh, I think 
it was either game five or game six. I can't remember at this point. Uh, but Tatum got Duncan Robinson on a switch, and he took a step back long too. And I was like, dude, it's your Tatum. Like, just back him down or, or yeah, get to the yeah. basket, you know? And That's LeBron, something that LeBron wouldn't do. And LeBron would just go right through him. So, like, that's where I'm saying that one of those two – that so they had this lineup. Let me – I'll try to find it. Uh, they had a lineup with Crowder, Robinson, and Hero. And I was, like, not – I was not feeling that lineup because I just felt like they didn't have enough foot speed to stay on the court. But, you know, the numbers say that they've been pretty good. They played 63 minutes together, and they're plus seven, which isn't amazing, but it's 63 minutes in the playoffs? In the playoffs. Or in the uh, – Oh, that was only in the Celtics series. Uh, in oh, the playoffs, I was gonna say that's that sounds way too in short. In the in the play, but the thing is, in the playoffs, they played 117 minutes and they've been a negative 14 net rate. Okay, and 117 minutes in the playoffs is like not that's not insignificant. So yeah, I think I think uh, like yeah, yeah. And the Heat's. I think I think you can only hang 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 one of the one of the cold killers on the floor at one time. Maybe overlap them like five minutes a game. But with Robinson and Hero, I'm, I would stay away from playing them at the same time. Yeah, and like the, that's the where Derek Jones—that's where Derek Jones comes into clutch. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's where I'm saying I think he could actually do something in this series, like yeah, because he he could actually he'd be a good help defender on LeBron because he's so long and athletic. Yeah, like he could exactly he could scramble pretty well in ways that I don't think those two can do it. No, and that was like my I, whole thing yeah. with the Heat. Like I was high on the Heat, but I was like. I was thinking, I was like, man, I don't know if they can play Duncan Robinson that much in the playoffs. And sometimes in the Celtics series, it looks like they it looked like they couldn't, but they pulled it off uh, clearly. So uh, it's, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be exciting. And the cross matching is really going to be exciting because the moment that the Lakers players start missing, it's going to, that's going to be like, you know, it's going to be not up time because LeBron's never had a team that, had this even if the Lakers have impressed me with their shooting I guess like they're better than I thought they'd be but he's never had team with this little shooting you know at least yeah. not since like you know 2010 or something when you know, shooting wasn't as important and the moment that LeBron's teammates start missing it's like I just want to see what happens I just want to see how they react because we know LeBron's gonna show up every night and AD is probably gonna show up every night but they need another guy. Ah, and I, feel I don't like even know that. I don't even know. AD, dude, AD's been freaking incredible. He's been amazing. What do you think about the ankle, though? Does that bother you? That is – that he, he hurt it again in game five uh, toward the end. Does that bother I, you at all? Because well, right now we're going one day rest in between every game except game four and five. There's two. If there's so, game five, yeah. Um, I mean, oh, whoa, whoa. I mean, no, whoa. I mean, I was just whoa, looking. Whoa, whoa. I, I, I didn't even mean it like that. I, you know I'm high oh. on the heat. You know I'm high on the heat. I just meant like, yeah. I just see if necessary, so I just said it naturally. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he played great in game five. Yeah. After he had kind of badly hurt his ankle. It's definitely time to, time to start to stop doubting AD. I don't yeah. know. If anyone really is anymore, but he's he's probably been the second best player in the playoffs, uh, which is pretty terrifying. The fact that the Lakers have the top two, but yeah. but if you, oh, yeah, if, you, if you don't have anyone, but even even so, I know what you're saying because AD can have he has moments where like he he kind of isn't aggressive enough. Like he's still getting like 29 points, but it's like yeah, you should have 40 points. Yeah, and you're only getting 29. If but. AD's not shooting eight 
free throws a game, we, there's a problem. Especially against this Heat team. Like, you're going to have Bam out of bio on you literally the whole, it, the whole time you're on the court. It's either Bam is going to be the scariest defender on you. Granted, mm-hmm. Bam is a great defender, but you're way bigger than him. Okay? And mm-hmm. so the times when you don't have Bam on you, it's going to be a less athletic guy that's more your size. So you can take advantage of each matchup there. So if AD's not shooting eight to ten free throws a game, there's there is a problem. What if they like? What if they put Bam on LeBron, and they put Crowder slash Iggy slash Jimmy slash insert? I mean, it would be those three on AD. Then I think AD's going to work. You think so? You think? But you think the Lakers can? So if they're if they're trying to get AD in the, like in isolation or in the post a lot, rather than like. AD setting screens for LeBron. Yeah. If LeBron's going to want to switch. I think either way, I think that's the worst situation for the Heat because if AD, I mean, if we're doing a LeBron AD pick and roll, you're just going to get switched on to what the Lakers originally thought. You're going to have that smaller guy back on LeBron and then bam on AD. Or I'll just give it to AD like 15 feet away from the basket and have him face up. And then they're probably going to have to come and double team. And then at that point, you hope. KCP or Danny Green knocks down a three. I think 80s mid range shooting has been absurd in the playoffs. He's shooting 57% on long twos. <laughs> Jesus. And he was only at, you know, he's only been in the four, like low 40s in the playoffs in the past from there. And from 16 feet to, three po- to the three point line, he's at 57%. That's, he's, man. Man, yeah, the Lakers are just, like, I don't it feels weird watching the Lakers to me. I don't know. Like, they, they have this insane this insane top two, which is probably, like, the best player LeBron's ever played with, at least in terms of fit, like, probably the best. The 80's a perfect fit with LeBron. But it feels like they shouldn't be, like, walking to a final, to a championship, you know? Like, I, they shouldn't to me, but they, they might. Well, yeah, I think we've just been – I don't even know what the adjective to describe it is, but – We've just seen too many good teams the past, like, five years. And when I say that, basically pointing at you, Warriors, like, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, if you look at any time in basketball, like, a team with two players on the first team All-NBA is going to be winning the, winning the ship. No, I mean, they should be. I'm just saying the rest of the team is so strangely constructed. Yeah, that- uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just like it. Part of me, it's like it's if you like, take a, uh, if you take AD off this team, what do you think the series would be? I think it'd be like Heat and seven. Yeah, Heat and six. Yeah, heat heat, six. even heat, heat and seven. That's so. Once you Assuming, assuming, assuming AD is replaced by like some role players instead of a star. I should say like it would be like a 2018 Cavs, basically. Um, no disrespect to Kevin Love, I guess, but. What if you? What if we're talking like twenty, like twenty ten caps, like just like a like a good center, but not like a. What if, what if what if we got uh like, oh the twenty ten caps? Oh, I think you said okay. Um, yeah, maybe no. What about like two thousand? Like what, what was the year they lost in the finals? Two thousand seven, I think, when Ugalskis was the center. I think the Heat would. I think the Heat would win like six. 
Okay. I mean, yeah, that's, I, that's but that's just shows how insane LeBron is. Cause that team yeah. should be terrible. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, yeah, there, if AD wasn't on this team, it'd be the same situation. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, it's going to be really fun to watch because it's not like, like a finals we've seen before. I mean, I guess you can kind of say it with the Raptors last year, but that was a little different. KD went down and the Raptors still had Kawhi. Whereas like whatever you think about Jimmy Butler, I wouldn't, I don't think in any means he's a top 10 player. Might be top 15, but you're looking at two of the top five players in the league. And then the Heat, who have the next best four, or like four or five players on their team. So it'd be really interesting. If Tyler Hero was on the Lakers, oh boy, would that be fun. Or du- even Duncan Robinson or Kyle Corver. More, you know, I, I've thought yeah. about that. What if Kyle Corver was on the Lakers? Like, I, he was about to sign with the Lakers. He should have, dude. I mean, he picked the wrong team to sign for, sign with the Bucks, and, they, and they, they've been sent packing for two weeks. Uh, yeah. But I think he'd, he'd be a great fit. Like, at this point, they don't need as much defensive help as they need people that can knock down a three. Yeah. All right, much. so so your your official prediction is Lakers in six. I got Lakers in six, too. I'm excited to watch it, though. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to watch it. Think, I think it'll be really interesting. Um, I definitely think we should come back uh, for another pod after the Sunday night game, uh, which will be game three. I think it goes Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Yeah, I'm so, down. Yeah, after game three, we'll we'll come back on. And I think we're going to know a lot more. I think we're going to know a ton more about what's actually going to happen uh, and how they're going to match up. Because it'll be interesting to see if guys like Olenek and Howard and McGee play. Um, because one team is going to have to conform to how the other plays. Because you, know you know, I the think Lakers the Lakers are, will just play small by playing AD at the five. AD is it okay? And AD, I think that's the best, their best look. So yeah, I think it makes the most sense too. Um, AD Bam is going to be a really interesting matchup. I do. Obviously, AD has the edge by far, but I mean, Bam could grow five years in 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 five games. Yeah. By matching up against AD. Um, any other final final points you want to get in or uh, talk about? Um, nah, I mean, do you want, I mean, do you want to hit on like a little Clippers? Like we never even got to do a funeral for the Clippers. Yeah. Um, and And now Doc's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect time. Doc, uh, Rivers. Um, I I mean, I don't even know what the exact, definitely didn't announce his, uh, resignation. Was he just straight up fired? Uh, Probably I think like a, he was like a, a mutual separation. Yeah, but he had like two years left on his deal. That's what Woj said. So okay, yeah, was, uh, that was weird. I mean, Woj just said he was out. I was like, yeah, he said he was out. Okay, means. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty tough. That sounds like a mutual uh, departing. Um, but the Clippers, uh, I I thought that it was going to be a dogfight between them and the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals, and then whoever won that was going to uh, win the title, but. Obviously, it didn't happen that way. The fourth, or the fourth quarter of Game Seven against the Nuggets was. God. I just, kept, I just kept. I had, I was, I had, um, had money on the Clippers to win the series. Money on the Clippers to win the game, and it just like it started midway through the third quarter, and 
Kawhi started missing. Kawhi started missing, and obviously playoff P like wasn't doing anything. So I wasn't relying on him to make shots, but Kawhi started missing. Kawhi started missing, and then it kept being like there'd be like four minutes left in the third quarter. Like, all right, Kawhi misses again, but don't worry. Like Kawhi's gonna heat up. This is this is what playoff Kawhi does. Like, is the fourth quarter is his time. Like two minutes left in the third quarter, and the fourth quarter starts, and ten minutes to go in the game. They're down eight, and Kawhi misses again, and he just kept missing and missing and missing. And Paul George and Kawhi combined for zero points in the fourth. Uh, I don't even want to know what they combined for in the second half. Probably like not, probably in single digits, and it was just, it, it just blew up. It blew up. It was. <sighs> Well, Harrell, Harrell was like the main, in my opinion. It was I mean, Paul George is the main reason they lost because he has too many games. I don't, I don't think you can I, – I think if you try to blame it on Harrell, then you should blame it on Doc Rivers. I agree. I agree. He sh- it should have been J. Michael Green. Yeah, it, there's no reason to – I think you can blame it on PG, you can blame it on Kawhi, and you can blame it on Doc. But there's no one else to get – like, uh, even I think you can blame it on Lou Will over any of them. Both, Lou Will man. was unplayable. He was unplayable. Both like, of them were. You can't play. Yeah, but it, I think at least Lou Will was giving you, like, some creation on offense that they needed. Yeah. But, like, neither – it's like neither could play because they just can't defend anyone. Harold yeah. can't defend – Harold's value just, like, tense. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. talk – man, that's, like, the worst timing for him. But – you know, like we said all year, they're missing a, a true rim-protecting center, and they're missing – Miles Turner. Miles Turner. Miles Turner. And they're missing a a true playmaking point guard. And, it, you know, Kawhi can't shoulder – and you think about what Kawhi had last year. Kawhi had a great playmaking point guard in Kyle Lowry, and he had two really great two-way big men in Marcus and Ibaka plus Siakam. Like he he had it he had it oh man he had such a perfect team in Toronto like I understand why he left um, and I don't I think it's whack to like give the Clippers that much shit for like trading for Paul George because like everyone was freaking out when they got Paul George everyone was like totally about it Steve and Miller now especially yeah exactly um, and it looks bad right now I don't think I don't think Kawhi's gonna leave. Do you think Kawhi's going to leave next year? No. I don't think he will. I, I think – do you no think Paul way. George might? I think PG has a way better chance of leaving than Kawhi, but I don't think he is going to either. How about – How about? I mean, we can uh, – like off the court, what about uh, Paul George coming into the locker room, giving this hoorah speech after <laughs> game seven, and the reports where everyone was just rolling their eyes. I bet – dude, I bet Marcus Morris just wanted to slam him through the locker. Like, God – I, I can't imagine what that locker was like uh, after that. But, yeah, I mean, everyone the, – the Clippers were – I even being like the LeBron kind of stan I am at this point, I thought the Clippers were going to make the finals and win the finals. And I think you you're in the same boat. I thought – I mean, they looked good. I mean, they looked good versus Denver. They were up 3-1 and they were up 20 in two straight games. Yeah. Yeah, and even game seven, they're up twelve. And it was like I thought Kawhi would be the last person this would happen to. Exactly. Because 100%. that's why in game seven, I kept being like, "There's no way. There's no way." Yeah, dude, I, I, I like, kept waiting and waiting and waiting 
And his mid-range jumpers are just clank, 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 rolling out, rolling out, rolling out. And when and then, PJ hit the side of the backboard? Backboard. The corner, yeah, yeah. It was over. <laughs> It was over. I was like, oh, there's no I, – I, yeah, it was over. And then Murray hit that crazy um, shot over Kawhi, kind of to, like ice it, ice it. And it was like – I can't is believe actually what I'm happening. seeing. Yeah. The whole – they didn't make it out of the second round, and they never have. They've never made a conference finals. And I this know, was like the year weird. that they had it. I mean, you know, a first-round matchup with Dallas that went probably a game too long. Like, they probably should have won that game or Luka at the game winner. Because they were the better team, uh, but it was like it's not like they were playing a jugger. Like the Nuggets were impressive as hell, and I kind of wish they would have gotten more credit for winning because like it was pretty crazy. But they should be beating the Nuggets like pretty easily, dude. I thought they were gonna get swept. I said it after in on that. Podcast. I thought, dude. I thought. I thought. I had a bet uh, be, against one of my uh, one of my Denver friends that. Um, the Nuggets wouldn't make it to game six. And when, when they were up uh, – and I bet that at the beginning of the series. And when they were up 3-1, I was like, oh, this is, this is candy. And then there it goes, 3-2, 3-3. And, and, and you, you look in the fourth quarter and, and, and the Clippers are down 10, like just like that. It was, it was a monumental collapse. Like that I – mean, I mean, it went from like – uh, how quick this changed changed in a couple weeks. Kawhi Leonard was a game away from winning that, and then beating the Lakers and winning the title. Away from we were going to see all the all the hot takes. Oh, Kawhi is a top play, top five player of all time. He's won three different titles with three different teams. Probably would have been the MVP. So three different Finals MVPs with three different teams. Like, he has the same amount of finals as LeBron now. He's a top-five player, too. Like, that, like Kawhi is – like it, it, I mean, granted, that's just kind of how sports media works, but he's kind of just sauntered back into his place. Like, he's – I mean, he's still one of, one of the better players of all time, but he's back down to, like, number, number 15 or number 20 instead of being in the conversation for, like, a top-five player ever. Yeah, he had the moment right there. Yeah. It was in front. It was right in front of him. It was right third there. team, God. third NBA Finals MVP on a different team, and then it would have been. It would have been like you know, you know how Kellerman and Stephen A like to go Lakers at Clippers. You know how Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp like to go Lakers at Clippers, and you know the narrative would have been, oh, now Kawhi has three with three different teams. LeBron has three, and only with two different teams. Like it would have been a shit storm and granted you can't like I don't think there's one singular person to blame but you can't keep Kawhi out of the blame like if it'd be one thing if in the fourth quarter Kawhi put up 10-12 points and they still lost that game then you can throw it all on the shoulders of Paul George, Lou, Harold, Doc. He put up zero points. Zero. Zero. Absurd. That is literally I would have bet my life that in a game seven closeout game, Kawhi Leonard would put up more than zero points. Like that is like the lock of the century. And he put up zero points. LeBron that, put up more in game five in like points, rebounds, and assists in all three categories than Kawhi and PG did combined in game seven. That yeah, that's insane. It was 
And why was he, he twenty two shots? Like isn't enough? What was he like five for twenty two or something? six for twenty two? Last yeah. year he took thirty nine shots in game seven in regulation. Yeah. Like why are you taking twenty two? It it should be it should be your ball every time. Yeah. It shouldn't be. Paul you make George. the decision. It shouldn't and be that's why. Harrell. I mean, like, that's why that that's why LeBron is LeBron. You know I mean, yeah, that would never happen to LeBron. Like, I'm not a LeBron guy, and yeah. I I will easily say it would never happen to him. He would never let that happen. No. And it's crazy because Kawhi had like a pretty insane playoff run up until that. He was averaging 29. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, he was balling. Yeah, yeah. And wasn't even shooting that well, and like from three, and was still putting up crazy numbers. Like he. It was yeah. insane when when I. Man. Doc took his guys out with like two and a half minutes. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, dude. 15, like this is actually happening. Imagine I mean, being the Clippers and know, you traded five first. Really, they traded – I mean, if you include Morris, they traded six first. Yeah. For I, PG yeah. and Morris plus Shea. Like who would you rather – I mean, look, Paul George is a better player than Shea. Like he just is. Yeah. Um, Paul George is still really – like, I mean, I like Paul George. I mean, I like seeing him get memed on, but like, I like Paul George. I'm a pretty, pretty pro Paul George most of the time. But like, it's just like I feel like having Paul George in your team, like you're just not gonna win a final. You're just not gonna win it now. Yeah, I, just, feel like, I, yeah, Ken, Ken, it, I feel like now, especially, it's got to be in his head. Oh, super in his head. Like because when he, but it's weird because like when he was younger, he was going like at LeBron, and was like kind of doing better yeah, than most yeah, of his on the Pacers. Years. Yeah. And now it's like, ah, man, man, I don't know. It's, it's, it's truly one of like the most unbelievable stories. It is pretty unbelievable that, I mean, not, I mean, the Paul George storyline and the Clippers storyline, it's both, it's both unbelievable. And I didn't see Kawhi getting that much shit on Twitter and social media. And I mean, he has, other people to thank for that that blew it as well but god damn if lebron did that if if oh my god like i mean lebron had a worse moment in 2011 and he still and he still hears from it oh he still yeah yeah exactly um but there there are players where if they put up a goose egg in game seven in the fourth quarter it would it would be you'd be getting run through the mud so um I think they're still good. I think they're going to run it back, and I think they should run it back. I think a little tweak here, a little tweak there. I think they should go after a guy like, uh, you know, who would be perfect for the Clippers is Chris Paul. I don't think they can make a trade happen. I don't think they have the salary to do it. But I mean, just basketball fit, like he'd be. Although him and Paul George would probably hate each other. Um. But, I think I, I, if they got if they somehow finesse Chris Paul and didn't win a title, like <laughs> that would like there's no way yeah. they're not gonna win a title with with Kawhi Chris Paul like that. I think that would be the best big three of all time. Like I mean Kawhi KD, PG no, it's not the best of all. Dude, Chris Paul's like 35. Come on, Chris Paul's great, but like you see the, Chris Paul did Paul George will never be in the best big three of all time. KD, KD, Steph, Clay, KD, Steph, or Dre, Clay. or even Dre. I mean, if you look at, I don't like, think so. I, I don't think so either. I, I think it's Clay. I think it's Clay. I think it's Clay. Or LeBron, Wade, Bosh. Or I don't think so. I would take. I would take. 
Kawhi, PG, and CP3. I feel like it's too – it's like you need a you need a forward kind of. I don't know. I guess KD and Steph and Clay are all guards too, but it's different because they're all – I don't think that's going to happen. three of the five best shooters. I don't think we have to worry about it. Though, it's not going to happen. But we, like, who else could they – who could they get? I mean, I don't if think you want to have a pipe dream for me, I don't Horford, think Horford get, would be great for the Clippers. I don't you think know, they have to contract get aside. They need to get a center, dude. They can't – unless they want to play Zubac, but they didn't want to play Zubac clearly. Why do they have to get someone though? Like, like we said, they're up three one. Because look at they're the West. winning those games by twenty points. But look like, at the Western Conference. The only like, thing they should be worried about is matching up with AD. Whoever you think exactly. So they need a center. They can't. But I mean, I can't Horford is not matching up with AD. No, 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 no. no I'm, I was more talking in general, like just for like you know. I'm talking about if you're the Clippers, I would say completely scrap what happened this year. Don't think about anything else other than matching up with AD because you were up 3-1. You were winning these games by 15, 20 points. And if it wasn't the ultimate choke job, you would be playing the Lakers. So you have to be worried about matching up against AD. You have what to match. You have what it takes to match up against LeBron with Paul and Kawhi. Get someone that can match up with AD. And honestly – who can match up with AD? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a great question. It's going to be a – I think it's going to be like a couple super niche guys. I think – I think – I'm not even trying to sound like Horford. I think, I think Horford could do it better than most people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I – yeah, I guess. Because he's I, just so fundamentally sound and like with AD and he can, you know, he can throw his weight at him at least. But, but they also need a, a floor spacing big. Because they, unless they, I guess Jamal. I don't Green think the Clippers. Counts. I don't know. I think you. I think you're thinking. I think you're thinking way too hard right now. I don't know. I don't know what they. But the thing is, like they. They're up three one. Okay, but the Clippers. And they the have Clippers the second is, best record in the West. Okay, I agree. Like they. They, they don't need. A, they don't they need just, a ter- They don't need a huge. Just, no, but but I, they need but, like all right. They need like all right. Getting out Horford in there is making a big move. Like it's a big contract. Not if get. not if they, they might. The thing is, they'd get picks. They'd get a pick. They need picks. They have no picks. They'd probably get like one or two first. But how would, like, do they have the – the And then the and then they have – the, the Well, they have to probably move. See, now you're just breaking – And then it gets – yeah, it gets complicated. It's not easy. It's not easy with their cap, their cap situation. And that's why I wouldn't and, do anything. I wouldn't do anything. Especially because they had the best record in the West at home. So if we're, we're back to a normal season next year – I think – I also say that if – and I'm not even trying to take a shot at like Denver, but if the season was like regular right now, I don't think they'd have this run. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't think Murray's putting up MJ numbers in you know going to Utah for Game Seven or going to the, no, I agree. To the I know. Staples they Center for Game Seven. No, they, there's no way. There's no way. Um, but the Clippers can't just do nothing though. They can't. They can't just I run it back with. They they need to. Well, I, I think the keeper. The keeper. Back, I, all right. The keepers to me are obviously Kawhi. PG like should be he's he's very good like he should be on the team. Uh, I think they should bring back Morris. I think Morris is good for them. Yeah, I agree. I think Jamichael Green should be kept. I thought he was pretty good for them. He gives them good role player minutes. Who else on the team like do they need to? I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think they should bring, bring back Harold. Harold's a free agent. I don't. Should think they, they, they resign him? I don't think they need to bring back anyone, but I think you need to look at who's a free agent. Like, I'm not just moving guys to move guys, you know? Yeah, but I don't think they have – like, I don't, I don't so think Harold, they're going to have cap space. That's my Her, point. Yeah, so, so Harold's a free agent. Let him go. And Agreed. Sign, 
and sign another guy that would make the same amount of money. Like, but the thing is, like Harold, Harold leaving and signing for eighty million dollars, like you don't just get that money back because of the way the cap works and the cap's going down. No, so, I like, know. So what does Harold make right now? Like a couple. Like what does he make? Like six or seven million. Yeah, I think you can sign a perfectly niche center to just a guy whose only job the whole season, he might not play like that much the whole season, but his only job is going to be to come in and D up a guy like AD or Jokic. His only job. Granted, I don't know who that is, but I don't think you have to pay that much for that. Um, I, man, I'm not, I'm not, but the thing is, like, if I'm you're looking trading, at it from I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not making a bunch of trades again. I don't think that's going to happen. I wouldn't do it. I think they'd be dumb to do that. You can't just keep – it's the same thing when we were talking about Kemba earlier. It's, it's I agree. I agree. You can't you just can't be like the Sixers and try to change your team every six months. I agree. Yeah, it does not work. I agree. I mean, but the thing is, like, work. Lou and Trez are. Trez is gone, man. That's Trez cool is gone. With me. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's cool fun. with me. I agree. Lou Williams and is a great Lou Will turns turns thirty four next year. He's he a great regular season player. He's a great regular season player. He's he's the guy that's gonna help you win fifty five games. But do they need? Team. I don't think they need to win fifty five games. I don't think they do either. But he's that guy to help you get the two seed. And if you're not paying him that much money, I don't think it hurts. No, but if you can get a better player for Lou Will, I think it'd be good. I think they need but to upgrade. Who is they, right, they need to upgrade one one of the two positions of center and point guard. They need to upgrade. They can't go into next year with like with like lateral moves. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have to upgrade one. Dude, Kawhi and PG are both free agents. They're both free agents. Even if you don't think they leave, we've seen, like, way crazier things happen. Kawhi literally just, like, turned the spurs on their head, and then he won the finals and was still like, nah, I'd rather go over here. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Kawhi think, doesn't care, man. He doesn't care. And I Paul keep, George I, has never been loyal. I keep Zubats. Then get, I'll keep him, too. Get, get a backup center who is – Dead on the offensive end of the floor, but really good at defense. Pay him five million a year. Maybe that guy's Dwight um, Howard. Dwight Howard's yeah, free agents. Yeah, someone like that. Just who you can throw in there who's gonna mix it up and like he's not gonna do anything for you on the offensive end of the floor, but they'll mix it up and then you figure it out from there. Like you could you can get like a DJ Augustine type of guy, depending on what your cap is looking like, to run the point. Like DJ Augustine would be perfect. He's gonna value I feel like that's your UT bias. Dude, it's not my UT nah, bias. He's, a, he's all right. He's an all right player. I mean, but I feel like that's not, again, it's not. DJ Augustine has turned into a really good player. Like, I'm not saying him in, specific, like, in particular, but someone along the lines of that. Like, he can knock down an open three. He's going to facilitate. He really doesn't like to score that much. Like, I don't know. I think the, I think the Clippers are fine. I think I, – and this is this is what I hate. I hate, like – Granted, we would have had a whole nother series, but the Clippers were minutes away from 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 advancing to the Western Conference Finals, and then it would have been a whole nother series, and you never know what could happen. But I I think there's no reason to blow it up. There's like I think the Clippers could have easily have been the team to win the NBA Finals this year if Paul George and Kawhi didn't crap the bed. I think they easily could have been the team to win it all. So that's why, in my opinion, there's no reason. I think everyone is always trying to look for greener pastures. And it's like, you can make, and 
I agree with you. I think they need an upgrade, not even maybe not even an upgrade, but just like a different fit at point guard, maybe a different fit with a backup center. But that's completely different than going out and trading for a guy like Al Horford or a guy who's making $20, $25 million a year. I don't think that that's – Yeah, that would be a pretty depressing future if they trade for Horford, it doesn't work out, and then Kawhi and PG leave and they're just stuck with Al Horford. Yeah, I don't think that's I – don't, I don't think that's – It's a tough call, man. Attention. It's tough. I think, I think you just run it back. I think you run it back with – and with. Well, now they have a new coach, so – Tweaks to the role players. Run it back with tweaks to the role players, and I think that's the best way to go. Who's a like? I don't know what coach they're gonna, who they would want. Because it seemed like Kawhi wanted Doc. Yeah, that's what people said. I think. I mean, it came out that Tyron Lue and Jeff Van Gundy are. Yeah, Jeff Van two. Gundy, dude, he hasn't coached in like twenty years or like be, fifteen I, years. I get hype if Jeff Van. Gundy I would. I like. Hired. I don't. Do you like him commentating or no? I know a lot of people hate him. Because he complains. I, so much. Oh, I love him. I love. I him. think he's hilarious commentating. Yeah, and I, I kind of hope he doesn't leave. But I'd also. I mean, he has been coaching, uh, like the the youth USA team, like the I think like the eighteen U eighteen team. So he has been doing a little bit of coaching, but he hasn't coached in the NBA since two thousand seven, and he only coached like. Yeah, I mean, it'd like, be it'd be an out of the blue hire. Uh, they're gonna hire. They're gonna hire whoever Kawhi and Paul George want. Agreed. That's what they're gonna do. And so. I guess. I, I just hope it's not like a pushover coach that just lets them ISO the whole time. I think, yeah, I mean, I if it was just Paul George, and I'd say yeah, but I don't think Kawhi let that happen. Um, <laughs> just, I mean, from where Kawhi's been in San Antonio and Toronto, I, I mean, he the only, I mean, and especially in Doc this year too, like Kawhi's never been around a pushover coach in his in his NBA career. I don't think he wants that, and I think he knows that he doesn't want that, and he knows it's not the best for their team. So I think they're going to get – I don't know. I don't know who they're going to get, but I wh- – whoever you can guarantee – you can sure as hell guarantee that whoever they want was vetted by Kawhi, at least Kawhi, and probably PG too. Yeah, probably. Man. Man, I still can't believe it. All right, we'll end it at that. It's something like a two-hour podcast. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's been a great pod, but I don't, I think, I think people overreact too much. And I think they always think the grass is greener when the Nuggets were literally minutes away from making the Western Conference Finals. And then that would have been a bloodbath. So I don't think there's any reason to mix it up more than they should have. Um, All right, yeah, so leaving it at that. Uh, I said at the beginning we're going to be on for a while. If you made it this far, thank you for listening. Uh, We're going to be coming in hot on Sunday night slash Monday night uh, with the pod recapping the first three games of the NBA Finals. And uh, look for the website. We're going to start dropping um, NBA draft profiles as well. Uh, SQSports.wordpress.com. Finally. Uh, Yeah, so finally. Yeah, make sure to – Keep it locked because uh, just when the NBA season ends is right when the NBA season heats up. Uh, everyone knows that the most fun times can can be the times right after the finals. Uh, so for Shane, for Q, appreciate y'all listening. We'll catch you next time.